Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get our Bibles out, and we're going to be looking at a uh, different passage of Scripture here this morning, and we've been in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, and we've been looking at the things that Jesus says, and we're just going to take a short break from that here, just for a few moments, and we're going to look at a thing about Thanksgiving. I mean, all, obviously, since Thanksgiving is coming up, might as well have a message on Thanksgiving, right? Kind of expect that. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it's something that I want to challenge you with, and I think the Lord can really use us in our lives to be grateful people, to be thankful people. Um, I think it's important to, to do that uh, for that. But we're going to be in the book of Colossians here this morning. Colossians chapter number 3. And uh, we're going to look at uh, a passage about that deals with Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, explore that here in just a few moments. You know, um, Thanksgiving is such a, a great time to be together with uh, friends and family, and uh, I'm sure many of you, uh, when you were growing up in school, you remember learning about the, uh, the first pilgrims, Thanksgiving, and how they shared their corn and all that kind of stuff. You know, you remember that, right? Okay, you know, you probably made the little turkey with your hand, you know, you drew it out and cut it out. For some reason, when I cut when I was a kid, my fingers ended up looking like sharp blades. I could never get it. <laughs> kind of weird. I don't know what was up with that. But, uh, but anyways, you know, I did hear a story about a lady who went to the grocery store looking for that perfect Thanksgiving turkey. And she was rummaging through the turkeys there, trying to find one big enough to feed her whole family. And she just couldn't find it. Well, after a while, she asked one of the uh, employees that was working there in the meat department, she said, excuse me, sir, do these turkeys get any bigger? And the guy says, no, they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. So this morning, am I a thankful person? Are you a thankful person? Um, that's what we're going to be looking at, you know, dealing with uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, really, that's what I want us to focus in on is what exactly is thankfulness? Um, what does it mean to give thanks? What does it mean that we should be thankful for? And I believe God's word uh, kind of gives us a real good understanding of that. So we're, we're going to look at this, and uh, we're going to look at a few Bible passages, first of all, before we look at uh, Colossians chapter number three uh, that deals with about thankfulness. And I think it's good to get an accurate understanding of what thankfulness is according to God's word. Um, because he's going to give us an understanding of what it means to be thankful, how to express our thankfulness uh, to him. So let's look at a couple Bible passages before we look in Colossians 3. And uh, I got them up here on the screen, so you can just hold your place there in Colossians chapter number 3. But let's take a look here at a few things about what thankfulness is. So what is thankfulness? Well, there's two words in the Bible that give us an accurate description of what thankfulness really is. And they're found here in the Old Testament, but then we also find other forms of it in the New Testament. And the word thanks, or the concept of thanksgiving, shows up 102 times, and 72 of those times out of the Old Testament, it deals with acknowledging what is right about God 
in praise and thanksgiving. Here's a verse that gives us an understanding what that is. First Chronicles 16.34, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And this is dealing with who God is, for He is good. So we give praise and we give thanks to the Lord for who He is, for His steadfast love endures forever. We acknowledge and give thanks to God because He is good. He's always good. And we give that praise and thanksgiving to Him because of who He is. Another verse in the Old Testament that tells us about this word thanks is found in Leviticus chapter 26, verse number 40. And it's interesting about this verse because it says, but if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers and their treachery that they committed against me and also in walking contrary to me. That word confess is also the same word as giving thanks. It's interesting about that because when we talk about this, when we talk about confessing, when we talk about giving thanks, it's the idea here of our confession of sin before God and being open and honest to Him. But the word confess here means to cast away, to lift out of our hands in worship and in praise and thanksgiving to God. So here's the picture. We have sin in our life and we are giving thanks to the Lord because He has removed it from our lives. And we are offering praise to Him. We're confessing that iniquity because God is the only one that can take our sins away and He can remove them as far as the east is from the west. And we can give Him praise and thanksgiving to Him for that. Now in the New Testament, thankfulness comes up 71 times. And a majority of those times it has to deal with showing yourself to be grateful, to be thankful, or to be giving thanks. It's used in a religious sense, a way to saying grace at a meal. So here's the question this morning. Do I give thanks with a thankful heart? So let's apply what we just looked at here about what is thankfulness, about acknowledging who God is and that confession of sin to this Bible passage, what we're going to be looking at here out of Colossians chapter number three. Let's have a word of prayer together. Jesus, we do pray that you will bless this time of the reading of your word and will you apply the truths of being grateful about being thankful to our life so we can be a living expression of thankfulness in the world that we live. I do thank you for just this congregation. Thank you for this body of believers that you have brought together and help us to express our praise and our thanksgiving to you uh, throughout this week and really throughout our entire lives. We do pray if there's anyone here today that does not know you as Savior, that they will come to an understanding that they need to trust Christ and they need to trust you and they need to depend upon you for their salvation. We're so thankful for your love and your mercy towards us in our lives, and we ask this in your name, amen. So let's take a look here, Colossians chapter number three, and let's look at what is thankfulness. Colossians three, verse 15 through 17 says this, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. 
And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So in this passage alone, we find to be thankful, we're to be thankful with thankfulness, and we're supposed to be giving thanks. So what is our knowledge about God of who he is and our confession of our sin have to do with thankfulness. We're going to look at here in this passage a little bit more. We're going to kind of dig these truths out, what it has to do with being thankful to God for who he is and the acknowledgement of our sin. So let's take a look here. Number one, first of all, the peace of thankfulness. The Bible says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Thankfulness always begins with peace. If knowing what I know about God, then my heart is to be thankful towards Him. Why? Because it is Him who has done something great in my heart. Notice the text. The Bible says, let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of Christ rule. And the connection to that peace and where we are to be thankful is we're supposed to be thankful where? In our hearts. Thankful for the peace of Christ. God's word teaches us that Christ is our peace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says, For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Before I came to know Christ as my Savior, my life, who I was, it was hostile towards God. Why? Because God was angry at me? Because he hated me? No. Because there was sin in my life. And that sin had separated me from God. And so when I heard of Christ and I trusted Christ as my Savior, then the reconciliation process was able to take place. It's kind of like this. You know, if you've been married for quite some time, after a while, you've got to prove your wife right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a necessity. You've got to say, you're wrong. I'm right. No, it's actually the opposite way, right? After a while, us guys, we start doing something really stupid, and then our wives tell us, and then we go, oh, man, I'm such an idiot, right? And then you say things to your wife. You say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, right? And so that peace is able to happen in your life. Well, in a spiritual sense, when I came to God, recognizing that I had really messed up my life, my sin had separated him, me from him, I went to Christ. I said, God, please forgive me. I want your peace in my life. I want to be part of your family. And so that hostility was ended. And so Ephesians tells us that Christ had broken down that wall when he died on the cross for our sins. He has allowed peace now to come into our lives. And so that is something that we are to be thankful for. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus is called the Lord of peace. And he is known in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, as the Prince of Peace. But our text here says, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. What is the peace of Christ? Well, one would only have to remember the spirit of peace that Jesus possessed as he walked and lived among us here on the world. He was beaten. He was crucified, he was mocked, he was hated, he was rejected of men. 
but yet he still controlled himself in a sense of peace, knowing that he was doing exactly what his father had sent him to do, and that was to die for all mankind. Jesus said it well in John chapter 14, verse number 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. But it's not just having the peace that makes the difference. Notice our text. Notice what it says. He says that it is to rule in our hearts. His peace, we ought to be letting it rule in our life. The idea behind that word rule is the idea of an umpire, one who calls the shots, one who makes the, makes the, the, the final call. How many of you watch the World Series games? Yeah, right? Some of those calls were really close. I mean, the guy's running, and you see his foot touch, and then the umpire calls him out. But then they start doing those instant replays, and they're like, yep, yep, right, 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 right there, there, there it is, yep, he, he touched. And then they were able to make the final ruling. So when God's word tells us, let the peace of Christ rule in our lives, let it be umpire in your heart. So here's the idea. Our lives are filled with chaotic moments in our lives. There's all kinds of things that are going on. And instead of being troubled by all those things, we are to allow the peace of God to rule in our heart. You know, there is so much turmoil and fear that goes on in our hearts. We fear the unknown. We fear the doctor's visit, the midnight phone call. We fear of being sued, finishing last, going broke. We fear the mole on the back, the new kid on the block. The sound of the clock as it takes us closer to the grave. How many of you, when you're flying in an airplane and that plane starts to do all kinds of crazy stuff, what do you do? <laughs> we fear. But the Bible tells us, let the peace of God rule, let it umpire in your heart. Instead of us trying to fix all of the turmoil in our life, we need to surrender to the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts. This means giving control to the captain, allowing him to take control of our lives. You know, I love how God doesn't just stop at our own problems. He says that his peace is to rule not only in our hearts, but notice what it says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body. That's this. We have been called into one body together as believers. And so we are to allow that peace of Christ to keep us in step with one another. So when there's turmoil going on, we're to allow the peace of Christ to rule in one whole body together. So not only does it affect our private life, it should also affect our public life here together. And this is what he says, and be thankful. So we should be thankful for the peace of Christ. God is teaching us in these two instances, in our personal life and in our public life, that we are to be thankful for the peace of Christ. So what should I be thankful for? Well, here it is. 
I should be thankful for the peace of Christ that rules in my heart and in the church. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and be thankful. So that's the peace of thankfulness. Let's look at a second thing here, what the Bible tells us about thankfulness in these other verses here. Secondly, it's not only the peace of thankfulness, but the power of thankfulness. Notice what the scripture says here. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Thankfulness continues in the power of the word. As a follower of Christ, I need to learn that there is a power of thankfulness and it all stems from his word. So get the picture here. The peace of Christ has come to indwell in us. When we become a Christian, a follower of Christ, it's there. And now that power continues from the word of God. Let's look at the verses here just a little bit better. I can teach and admonish others in wisdom. Why? Because of the word of God. I can sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs because of the word of Christ. I can have thankfulness in my heart because of the word of Christ. There is a power that comes from thankfulness. Because when we realize the source, the word, it has power to do what we could not do. To teach and admonish, to sing and to be thankful to God in our hearts. Notice in our text that word richly. The thought behind that word is to be abounding in wealth. That word is to be abounding in wealth and abundance. So my thankfulness to God is in direct correlation of how much I allow his word to dwell in my heart. So here's a good test. Are you a thankful person? If the word of God is not abounding richly in your life, how thankful are you going to be? Not very thankful. Because the source of the word, when it's applied into our hearts, it creates a thankfulness to God. In what? Teaching and admonishing, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and it's thankfulness, and it all comes from the word of God. So there is a power of thankfulness. Notice here also, but it says let. It's interesting that that word let is the same word as the word about to umpire, to rule. So allow the word of God to rule in your heart with thankfulness. So the thankfulness in my heart is an expression of the abundance of the word that I have allowed to rule in my heart. So how thankful am I? You know, when we sit around the, the uh, Thanksgiving table, as I'm sure many of us will, maybe we'll have a tradition of saying something that we're thankful for. And that's great. I think you ought to have gratitude. I think you ought to be thankful. But how much of this is brought into correlation of the fact of us being thankful for the peace of Christ and the word of God? 
Are we thankful for it? Are we thankful for what Christ has done? And are we thankful for what he is continuing to do through his word? We are to allow the word of Christ to have an abundance possession in our lives. Notice here in our text that there are outward expressions of this power of thankfulness. Number one, he talks about teaching and admonishing and wisdom. In other words, instruction and direction with thoughtful advice. How many of you ever given bad advice before? I know I have. How many of have ever people came up to you and said, well, you told me to do, has that ever happened to you? <laughs> you should always maybe just have like a disclaimer when you give advice, be like, all right, now I'm telling you this, but you know, you do what you want, but <laughs> I'm not gonna be liable to what I say. <laughs> But it tells us that we can teach and admonish with direction, to give instruction in wisdom. And where does that all come from? From God's word. And that is something that we need to be thankful. My thankfulness to God comes from the ability to give instruction and wisdom, to give teaching, to give direction in people's lives. We have that opportunity to do that. You know, sometimes people are just prone to things that come in their life that, you know, they want to go talk to people about because their lives are so messed up. And so they want to come to you for direction because they look at you and they say, boy, this is a person that seems to have it all together. Well, in really, reality, I really don't have it all together. <laughs> but they come to us. And what do we need to be doing? Allowing the word of Christ to be dwelling in us so richly that we can teach and admonish one another with wisdom. And all of that stems from the word of Christ that dwells in me. Secondly, he talks here about singing. Now, some of us in here can't sing really well, okay? This is not a thing of saying, you, if you have the ability to sing, then you should sing. It's the fact of making that melody, making that joyful singing. And notice what he says, in your hearts before God. You don't have to be able to carry a tune to make a joyful melody and sing praise to God. Because that all comes from the heart. So this singing is a particular type of singing. He says psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We are to be singing our hearts out to God. You know, the Bible tells us that if the rocks could, they would cry out in praise to our creator. And so that all stems from thankfulness. That all stems from the power of the word of God that we allow to dwell richly in our hearts. We sing of his love, his provision, his mercy, his forgiveness, his reign as king of kings and lord of lords. All of this is an outward expression of our thankfulness in our hearts to God because of the word of Christ that is dwelling in us richly. So what am I to be thankful for? Well, here it is. I should be thankful for the word of Christ. And I should allow his word to dwell richly in my heart. Let's look at a third thing here about thankfulness. Verse 17, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the prayer of thanksgiving. You know, thankfulness begins 
with prayer. Our life, and I'll explain that here in just a minute, but in letters that Paul wrote, Paul wrote expressing thankfulness to God in his letters 37 times. He talks about giving thanks or being thankful to God. And we are too supposed to be in constant thankfulness to the Lord. We're to be offering our lives graciously for God to use them in his service. Remember our definition of thankfulness? It's acknowledging what is right about God, who he is, his character, his attributes, or it's in the fact of confessing our sin before him. And it has to deal here about praying, our lives being a prayer of thanksgiving. We express our thankfulness to God in prayer. Now, how many of our prayers start out in this way? Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I thank you. But then what does it turn into? A wish list, right? Everything that we need in our life. And there's nothing wrong with asking the Lord to provide for your needs. But I believe our lives should be a life of thanksgiving to the Lord. Not just from what we can get from God, but what our lives can reflect for God. And it should be a prayer of thanksgiving. Notice the text here. Look what it says. Whatever you do in word or deed, we give thanks to God as we do and say in the name of Jesus. Jesus said it well. He said, if you were to offer a cup of water in my name, he said it was almost like as if you were doing it just for me. We give thanks to God as we do and say in his name. We go to work in the name of Jesus. We speak to others in the name of Jesus. Whatever we do, we are doing it in a prayer of thanksgiving to God in the name of Jesus. Notice what things should we be apart from the Lord Jesus. What should be apart from the Lord Jesus in that text? Nothing. Whatever you do or say, let it be thanksgiving to God. Look at the text again. Whatever you do in word or deed. This covers the widest description of Christian life. Whatever you do. Think of all the things that you're going to be doing today. How many of you are going to go home and take a nap? Guess what? You can take a nap for Jesus. Whatever you do or whatever you say, it needs to be a life of thanksgiving to God. So text messages that get sent out, emails that get sent out, letters that get sent out. Whatever you do or say, let it be done in the name of Jesus. And not only that, but he talks about in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is the deepest motive of the Christian life. We do it for Christ. So when I speak or do in the name of Jesus, I am bringing God into the picture of my life. So when I go to work, if I'm doing it in the name of Christ, I'm allowing God to take part in what I am doing. When I interact with people on a daily basis, and I'm doing it in the name of Christ, I am bringing him in the picture to be able to react with others that I have reactions with. So the idea here is what is God's principal mission in life? 
what would you say that is? To conform the image to the sun, yeah, that's, that's part of it. But what is he trying to do with the world? Yeah? Bring him to him. I mean, the Bible does teach us that God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so I have this tremendous opportunity to be doing and saying in the name of Jesus. So I'm including God in what I'm doing. And when I'm doing that in the name of Christ, I'm allowing God to be a part of what I'm doing. And God gets brought in to that picture. So when I have interactions with people, I am bringing God into that, into the reconcili pro reconciliation process. And so whatever I'm doing or saying, I'm doing it in the name of Christ. As I lift up his name in word or in deed, God brings reconciliation of all things to himself. So whatever I do in the name of Christ brings the world closer to God. It's no wonder why Paul says, giving thanks to God. We are to be offering our lives graciously for God to use them in his service. And when I think about that, I think of the word Eucharist. The word Eucharist talks about the fact of giving thanks or gracious giving. So when I give my life in thanksgiving to God, in whatever I do or say, I am partnering with God in the reconciliation process. And that's a tremendous opportunity for all of us to do. And that can happen wherever and whenever, wherever we're at, we have that opportunity to do that. So in that reconciliation process of giving thanks whatever you do in word or in deed. Our thanks is directed to God because it is him that has brought the world to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. So what should we be thankful for? Well, here it is. I should be thankful for the fact. There it goes. Be thankful that God uses me to show Christ to the world. And these are some things that we should be thankful for. The peace of Christ that rules in my heart. I should be thankful for the word of Christ and I should be thankful that God uses me to show Christ to the world. So I encourage you, this Thanksgiving time, be thankful. Allow the peace of Christ to rule in your heart. Allow the word of Christ to dwell in you richly and partner together with God in thankfulness in being part of that reconciliation process. Let's pray. Father, do thank you for this time that we got to spend in your word. And Lord, I pray that we, as believers in Christ, would dwell on this fact about thankfulness, about being thankful, about letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, that we would be people that allow the word of God to dwell richly in our lives. Help us to be thankful. Help our lives to be a living praise to you in thankfulness. We're so grateful for just what you've done in our lives. And help us to reflect on thankfulness this week.
Thank you so much for our families and thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here this morning. We ask all this in Christ's name, amen.